Jesse. Um, so let's switch gears a little bit. Um, hopefully you have your books, Mountains and Valleys, right? This is Brenda's book. I haven't made tabs yet. That's how organized she is. I borrowed it. So if you want to make tabs, you can. <laughs> but hopefully you have your Mountains and Valleys books. We um, only have a few valley books left. Did everybody get a valleys book? Did anyone not get one? If you are picking up books for anyone who's not here, I'm going to ask you to please wait to pick up Valleys or have them pick it up because so many of you registered in the last 48 hours. <laughs> it's like y'all are trying to kill me one last time. Um, we had to really scramble and find some more mountains books so that you would all have a copy. And the place I found them was at the home of our author, Kat Armstrong. I texted her this morning. So I texted another church who did her study in the fall, and I was like, do you have any books left over? And she said, no, we ran out. Everybody wanted more. And I was like, do you know anybody else who did this study? And then it was finally like, so then I called Jeff Bezos. And on Amazon, we couldn't get them until tomorrow. And I was like, well, this is a problem. And so I texted Kat, and I was like, hey, do you have any books at your house that I could come get today and just replenish them? And she was like, yes, totally. I have 25. And I was like, I need like 40, but I will take them. So it's okay that some people aren't here tonight. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Um, and so I want you to know, like, um, I got over to her house. Um, she just lives right over here in Dallas. And she goes, oh my gosh, are you so excited for tonight? And I was like, well, of course I am. She goes, I'm so excited. I've been praying for you. I've been praying for all of your ladies. I don't know their names, but I've been praying for them. And I'm so excited for y'all. And I hope they experience Jesus. And that's all she cared about, really. And if you were here at one, you got to hear her speak. She gave us kind of a little, like, behind the scenes on her mountain study and what she was passionate about. And it was pretty amazing. If you weren't here, it is on the website at urbanbible.org women under the um, one series, and you can go back and listen to it. Um, we are going to hear from her tonight. She did a little intro for us because um, really there's no one better to hear from than the author. And even when we study scripture, there's no one better to hear from than the author himself, right? And so we want to hear from Kat tonight. Um, so that leads me to Kat. What I want to do is I want to read you her bio, but then I just want to tell you about her, the way I know her. So let me just read this to you so you know a little bit more about her. Hi, I'm Kat, and I love serving Jesus. I'm on a mission to encourage curious Christians to explore Bible stories. I'm praying this online community helps you. This is for an online community. Um, I hope this helps you, these studies, read the Bible imaginatively so that reading the Bible never feels boring again. I'm from Houston, Texas, where the humidity ruins my curls, um, my Mexi-German curls, actually. In Houston, I came to faith in Christ at the age of 16 and started sneaking into an adult Sunday school class taught by Beth Moore. Had I not sat under her teaching, I'm not sure I would be in ministry today. I have a master's degree from Dallas Theological Seminary, and I've authored No More Holding Back, The In-Between Place, and a six-book Bible study series. Studying and teaching the Bible is my most favorite way to serve Jesus. In 2008, I co-founded the Polished Network. Have y'all heard of the Polished Network here in DFW for working women? Yes, Kat, 
co-founded that with someone. She was inspired by the story of Lydia in scripture. A businesswoman could be a follower of Christ. Pretty amazing. Um, To embolden working women in their faith and work, what a joy it is to serve women this way. I serve as the director of leadership processes for integrous leadership while pursuing a doctorate of ministry in New Testament context at Northern Seminary. My husband Aaron and I have been married for 20 years and live in Dallas, Texas with our son Caleb and attend Dallas Bible Church where Aaron, her husband, serves as the lead pastor. So that's like quite a resume, right? Like when I see Kat, I'm always like, hi Kat. Like, but she is the most down-to-earth, Jesus-loving person I have ever met. And she is humble and she is passionate about each one of you. I sat down after I did our little kickoff. I sat down, I pulled out my phone, and at 6.52 p.m., Kat texted, praying for you and for IBC Women. And I promise you, she's sitting in her house right now, praying for every one of you because she desperately and deeply loves her Savior, and she wants you to experience that same thing. And so as you do this study, this is what you're going to experience. Um, I would, if you want to email Kat, she would love to hear from you. If you think one of her questions is dumb or confusing, she would love to talk to you about it. She's always like, tell me more. I can't tell you the number of times I have heard Kat go, tell me more. (laughs) And so I could keep going on about just this remarkable person, but who is also the most down-to-earth and will go eat french fries with you and just be completely normal and text you just to say she loves you. But the whole thing about her is that she defers to her Savior. And so in this study, she is deferring to her Savior, and she wants you to hear the story of her God. And now we're going to talk about mountains, and we're going to talk for the first five weeks, and then if y'all continue in the second five weeks, you'll talk about valleys. And you know, it's easy, like in our lives and in our walks with the Lord, that we can look back and only focus on those mountaintop experiences or those valley experiences where we're like, that's when I really felt the Lord. That's when I really did not feel the Lord. And we, what we do is we look back and we take those things apart and, we, and we're like, I remember this and I remember this. And then we look at scripture and instead of looking at the whole of scripture, we will do the same thing and go, well, this verse is really good. But then we don't really have any idea of what was going on around that verse. And then we'll take it apart. And, and what Kat is talking about is in these storyline Bible studies is that We do take things apart. We look at certain experiences and we study them. We're going to study some mountains. We're going to study some valleys. But overall, Kat is emphasizing the storyline of scripture, that even when we look back at the highs and the lows in our life, it wasn't like the high happened and then we just move on. It was completely connected to the low that came right after it, right? We look back our lives. They're not disjointed. They actually just follow a journey, and so does scripture, And what God is doing is he is not just in the mountains, he is not just in the valleys, but he is there all along the way. Now, I grew up in the panhandle of Texas where I lived on the Caprock. We called it the Caprock, right? Olivia grew up around there too. And so it's flat, really, like flat as this stage. And we didn't have very many trees. I would sit out on the back porch and we could see for 40 miles, like at night, see the next town in any direction. 
And so I'm a big fan of the flat places. I like the simple flat places in life. I don't always need the mountains. I don't always need the valleys. And it was actually in a time in my life, just over the Christmas break, of a flat experience when God whispered to me that it was time for me to move on from here. It wasn't a mountaintop experience. It wasn't a valley experience. But it was I came back from Christmas break and everything felt different. And it caused me to go what are you doing, God? And before long, there's going to be a mountain, there's going to be a valley, but it doesn't mean he has stopped talking to us. And so we can't take these things apart. And so when we do this study, we have, get that later, when we do this study, we will realize that God is in every one of those and he is weaving together a beautiful story. And he does things in the valley and he does things on a mountain. And we will examine those Yet he is weaving together this story of his plan, of his redemption, of his purpose, of his desires for each one of us. And so as we go on, we are going to live sometimes in looking at those mountains. But just remember, there's a complete story that he wants us to experience. And that's what you're going to be studying for the next five to ten weeks, depending on whatever you choose to do. So Kat has made a little intro for us. She is going, so we're going to watch that. It's about 18 minutes. If you want to take notes, um, there is a page um, right, hold on. Um, it's before page five, so page four. You are so sweet. Thank you. Um, so page four, there's a blank page if y'all would like to take notes. Um, if you are not a note taker, that's okay too. There's lots of different people and different things in this room. So with that, are we ready for our video? All right. This is Kat. Irving all Bible right. Church. Here we go. Women. This is... It's all right. <laughs> it's okay. Irving Bible Church women, this is such a joy to take time out of my day and record a video for you. I just wanted to say hello. My name is Kat Armstrong. I am an author and a Bible teacher, and I happen to be the author of the Bible studies you're going to do this summer, Mountains and Valleys. So thank you, Amy, for choosing this curriculum. You are such a gift and such a treasure to me personally as a friend and such an incredible leader. Now, you guys, I know you're going to get some of these small group guides this summer their free downloads on my website. So if you're a small group leader, you'll have those resources. Uh, but Amy invited me to shoot just a really short video from my house to, to introduce myself, to introduce you to the Storyline Bible Study Series, and to get specific about mountains and valleys, maybe give you a preview of what the semester will hold this summer for you, and additionally, to give you some reflection points, things to think about as you enter into the summer of studying the scriptures. So the first thing I wanted to tell you is that my life changed through small group Bible studies. Almost 25 years ago, my friend Becky Bloom invited me to a small group Bible study that was meeting in Houston, Texas. And Becky had been inviting me my senior year of high school. And finally, after I graduated, she made the ultimate sacrifice as a true Houstonian. She drove across town and sat in Houston traffic and waited at my front door and said, I'm going to Bible City tonight and I'm bringing you with me. And I told Becky that night, people who study the Bible in small groups can be weird. Becky, they can be so weird. 
And she said, we're going to Bible study. I just really think you need this group. I think you need this in your life. And she was right. And 25 years later, I'm still so interested in what God's word has to say to us. And as you can tell, I'm getting animated. I'm so excited for you because maybe this is your first time in a long time coming back to church. Maybe your first time in a small group, maybe your first time studying God's word. Maybe the first time you're just open to learn and hear from God, God is going to meet you there. And I wanted you to know that the Irving Bible church family is so excited to welcome you. And I know that if Amy were on this video, she would say, you're one of us now. We can't wait to love you. We can't wait to learn with you. We can't wait to learn from you um, as we open God's word. So let me give you a big picture of how this Bible study series came to be. It's called the Storyline Project. There are six books in the series right now, Mountains, Valleys, Sticks, Stones, Sinners, and Saints. And y'all are going to be doing Mountains and Valleys. So we were in Broken Bow as a family a couple of years ago, me, my husband, Aaron, my 10 year old son, Caleb, and we were packing up the car. So excited to get a chain of change of scenery for a couple of days. And the boys were putting in their fishing rods and fishing tackle. They were putting in stuff for s'mores. And I was like, the one thing I want to bring on this little mini vacation is Jonathan Pennington's commentary on the Sermon on the Mount. I had already read it once. I was on my second reading, practically had the whole book underlined. And I remember thinking there are just some things I think need to ruminate a little bit more. So we get to Broken Bow. It's the first morning we're there. The sun's still coming up. I shoo the boys out the door. I'm like, get out of here. Go doing man things in the woods and don't come back for at least an hour. Let me finish my hot cup of tea. Let me enjoy the sunrise coming up through the window. And let me finish reading some of Jonathan Pennington's commentary on the Sermon on the Mount. And in the commentary, Jonathan said something as an aside. He said, there are a lot of mountains in Matthew. There are a lot of mountains in the book of Matthew. And I thought that might be the most interesting thing I'd ever heard. And he went on to example his point by saying Jesus was tested on a mountain. Jesus preaches his most famous sermon on a mountain. Jesus is transfigured on a mountain and Jesus commissions his disciples on a mountain. And I was like, this is so interesting. I close his book. I pull up my phone, pull up Logos software. I start looking up how many times mountains show up in the Bible. And I started to connect the dots that Mount Sinai, all the mountains in the book of Matthew and Mount Zion, the final mountain where the garden city will be, where you and I will be together forever. They're all connected. And that, of course, there is meaning behind the details in God's story of redemption. Of course, he purposed mountain high points, the peaks to be the location of stories in the Bible, because we know what mountain peaks are like. The air is thin there and heaven and earth seem to converge. It's where we feel close to God. And what I started to see is that through mountaintop stories in the scriptures, they represent metaphorical and physical locations um, for revelation from God. It's where Moses receives the Ten Commandments. It's where Jesus has all these important experiences for the disciples. It's where we'll all be together in the end at Mount Zion. They're connected. 
And I started to see how the high points in our faith history in those geographical locations represent and parallel our spiritual lives, our personal lives, that we have high highs in our faith. Times when we feel so connected to God. And so that's what you'll see in the mountains Bible study. It'll be a time for you to rediscover your hope in God, in his presence. It'll be a time for you to put your stake in the ground and say, these high moments of my faith have to drive my faith in the future. And so who can study mountains in the Bible without also getting into valleys? I just had to. And so what I started to see you guys is that there were a lot of low points metaphorically speaking, in our faith history. And many of the hardest fought battles of our faith and for God's people were fought in valleys. And they represent the low points you and I feel in our personal and spiritual lives. I started to see how uh, Joshua and Caleb scouted out the promised land in a valley and they find giants there that are terrifying. I started to see how Deborah and Jael conquered the Canaanites in a valley and fought a hard one battle. I started to remember that David fought Goliath in a valley and won that faith test for David and for God's people. I was reminded of Psalm 23, the valley of shadow of death how important that song has been to me in some of my most depressed, most grievous states in my personal life. And I started to think about Ezekiel 37, the valley of dry bones, where God's people are dust and ashes and death has had its way. And they feel like they are in a grave site that they have been cursed and left for dead. And then the resurrection power of God takes place in that valley of dry bones. And so I started to see how valleys are low points in the scriptures in our faith history, and they represent some of the highs and lows we experience in our life. And so I just want to invite you in this semester, this summer, to enjoy the mountaintops and to experience God's presence in the valleys. And don't be afraid of valleys. I've gotten some feedback of people who are like, I'm kind of scared. Don't worry. Reading a valleys book will not automatically put you in a valley. But I can guarantee you this, if you're not in a valley now, you'll likely be one in the, in the future. At some point in life, we will experience hard times. And I think the valley study will really prepare you for that. Additionally, I think the mountains Bible study is going to inspire and encourage you to keep going. So let me offer you a few reflections to consider as you prepare for this semester. You, write, you may remember a really popular song, Ain't No Mountain Too High, Ain't No Valley Low by Margin Gay and Tammy Terrell. Maybe you grew up listening to that song in the 60s and the 70s. It earned Diana Ross a Grammy nomination at the beginning of her career as a solo artist. And it's been used in a ton of movies, a ton of commercials. So if you're if you weren't a fan of Tammy Terrell, if you didn't grow up in the 60s and 70s, you may re remember a scene from the movie Stepmother. It had Susan Sarandon and she's dancing with her kids. And they're playing that song, Ain't No Mountain Too High, Ain't No Valley Too Low. Or maybe you're a Garden of the Galaxy fan and you remember someone pops in a cassette tape to play this song in that movie. Maybe you're not into that, but you remember Bridget Jones' diary and that famous scene of her running down the street in the snow without pants on um, to kiss Colin Firth. 
that in that movie, it's such an iconic moment. And what is the song that's playing? Ain't no mountain too high, ain't no valley too low. And if none of those ring a bell, you may remember Jennifer Hudson did a cover of the song for a MasterCard commercial and she slayed. So every time the song is played, I think of love. It's a love song and you know it. It proves its devotion through love by singing anthems about how, well, nothing can keep us away from one another when we love each other. And I bring up this song as we're about to start studying mountains and valleys because God is the one who loves us and will not keep from being near us. And he's always with us. And that's my whole lesson for this reflection point. That's it. God's staying presence is a reflection of his unyielding love for you and for me. And what we're going to see is that he is with us at the pinnacles of the mountaintops, and he is with us in the valleys low. So I'm going to give you a little preview of a couple of the mountains and valleys you're going to study. The first is the Valley of Eskel in Numbers 13 and 14. I mentioned this is where Caleb and Joshua scout out the promised land. And because I have a PhD in catastrophizing, where I think through all the worst possible outcomes that could ever exist and spend enough time flow charting out bad outcomes that experience anxiety about things that may never happen, that's catastrophizing. And I have a PhD in it, apparently. But I think that's part of what happens to Caleb and Joshua and the other spies. I think the other spies start catastrophizing and realizing the fortified cities and the giants that are occupying the land are undefeatable. They will not be overcome. And there is no way to get to the promises God has assured them of. And yet Caleb and Joshua know something or believe something. The other spies weren't willing to believe that God was with them in that valley, that God was, he'd gone before them. And it's a reminder that we can focus on the fortified cities or the giants or our smallness, or we can focus on God's presence, that he is with us. And so I just want to remind any one of you ladies that feel small, hidden, like your contributions are too little, that you're being overlooked. Maybe you feel scared by some giant problems in your life, in your relationships at work. I want you to remember God is with you. He is with you in this valley. Another valley we're going to look at together this summer is Psalm 23. This was the song that was on repeat in my head the day after my father's funeral. His tragic death by suicide fundamentally changed me as a person, as a writer, as a Bible teacher, as a human. And when I was in total confusion, depths of despair, working through grief. It was this song, Psalm 23, that came to mind. It's almost like I couldn't remember anything else except for the Lord is my shepherd and I have what I need. And for many of you, Psalm 23 is the most popular, most well-known, your most favorite verse in all of scripture. And I'm going to invite you to look at it again, afresh, anew. And what you're going to see is how many needs David had in the valley of shadow of death. He needed green pastures. He needed a place to flourish. He needed to be near still waters. He needed to get some peace. He needed renewal. He needed resurrection. 
He needed to find the right paths in life. He needed light in the darkness. He needed protection from his enemies. He needed comfort. He needed God's goodness. He needed God's mercy. He had so many needs. And maybe you feel like this is the neediest moment of your life. This low point, this challenging season has made you so needy, so dependent for God, for God's people. I just want to remind you that it is Christ's presence that richly meets all of our needs. And so if you feel like you're finding your way through Death Valley, just be reminded God is with you. God is with you. I, of course, got to preview at least one mountain before I set you loose into the study. And I'm going to give you the very last one you're going to study. The Mount of Great Commission from Matthew chapter 28. Um, Jesus lived a, a really interesting life. He dies a gruesome, terrible death, a crucifixion. And then three on the third day after he was buried, he was raised to new life. He conquered sin. He conquered death. He proved he was the Messiah. He proved that everything he had promised, forgiveness, mercy, grace, um, his presence, um, an eternal future, those were all promised by Christ. And he proved that he could deliver on those promises. But there was a brief moment in time right after he resurrected that he spent a few days with his disciples and with people. And he commissions his disciples on the Mount of Great Commission on the top of the mountain from Matthew chapter 28. And by the time you get there, you guys, you're going to feel a little overwhelmed with the Christian assignment to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing, teaching, right? There are all these active words of what you and I should be doing with our lives as devoted Christ followers. And you know what? <laughs> we could focus on this special unattainable assignment to change the whole world and to bless everyone with Christ's teachings. But I want you to see when you get to Matthew 28, that some of the disciples on that mountain, they were still doubting Jesus. Even as they were looking at the resurrected Lord, they were worshiping him. And it says some of them doubted. And so I just want to remind you that some of these high points in our life, that faith and worship and doubt can all intermingle. They can coexist in these high points in our life. But you can be sure of this, that God is with you. He is, there's no mountain too high. There is no valley too low. And so what I just previewed for you and all three of these stories is that God's with us. His divine presence can bring you the peace that you need in this semester of Bible study. And if you need more encouragement, you need more hope, you need more joy, you need more peace. You're not alone in that. I'm in that camp with you. And maybe what we should see in the Bible studies we're about to study is that God's presence is affirmed. It is spoken over. It, it is reminded of. It is the authors of the Bible are trying to convince us that God is with us. And that is true, that God is always, always with us. And so I want to close by just reminding you of one of the lines in the song. I'm going to pull it up. It says, ain't no mountain too high. If you need me, call me, no matter where you are, no matter how far, don't worry, just call my name. I'll be there 
in a hurry. And I love that line. It's exactly what I want my son Caleb to know true, to be true about me. What my, I want my husband Aaron to know, to be true about me, that if they call me, no matter where they are, no matter how far, if they just call my name, I'll be there in a hurry. But what I want to point out to you is although we all want those in our, our personal relationships, this is ultimately true of Jesus. When we need Jesus, when we call out to him by name, no matter where we are, no matter how far we feel away from Jesus, we don't need to worry because nothing can separate us from God's love. No mountain is too high and no valley is too low. And even better, Jesus doesn't have to hurry to meet us because he never left. God is with us always. He is with you now. And that will never change based on the highs or lows you experience in your spiritual life. All right, Irving Bible Church women, I couldn't be more excited for you. So I just want to bless you in the name of Jesus with holy curiosity to experience the scriptures this summer, to get to know your savior, Jesus, and to enjoy the fellowship of the other women in your group. Y'all have a great summer. I want to echo exactly what Kat said is um, you are one of us. You are part of us. Um, and we're so glad you're here. The Lord loves you and wants to be with you. And I'm just really glad we get to do this together this summer. And so um, your leader is here for you. We are here for you. Um, no matter where you are today, the fact is you're here and you're not alone. And know that. I know some of you have carried in things that you never thought you would be carrying in. Overwhelmed, unexpected. I know some of you have experienced God's goodness more than you could have ever anticipated. And you also just want to celebrate. But no matter what, we are better together. And we're going to do this together arm in arm this summer. And so I'm going to pray for us. Then we're going to be dismissed. Actually, I'm going to pray for us. We're going to take a picture for Kat and send it to her to let her know that we're really excited. Um, because I don't, like, I watched that video and then I watched it again and I'm even more excited. So I hope y'all are excited. So let me pray for us. We'll take a little picture and then we'll go to our groups. Father, thank you um, for how you love us. Just like Kat was talking about, you, you've, you never left. You're right there. And we can call out your name anytime, anywhere, anyplace. We praise you that there is nothing that can separate us from your love, that there's nothing we can do to separate us from your love. Because you are love. You're the author of good. Father, I pray right now for those who have carried in um, those big unexpected burdens or that maybe are just stepping foot into a Bible study for the first time ever. Um, we thank you that you have um, encouraged them and instilled bravery in them. And Father, that you um, promise that no matter is what is ahead of us, you have given us everything we need. 
You are our shepherd, and we have everything we need through you. And so we just praise you and thank you, and we can't wait to see what you have to share with us. Go with us in our groups, um, deepen relationships, build new connections. Um, God, we can't wait to see what you're going to do. In your son's name we pray, amen.